What is up, Grace Church? Let's do this. If you know and love Jesus, give him the biggest shout of praise that you can give. And while we're celebrating, you have amazing pastors at this church and Pastor Aaron and Nicole. So let's give them just a shout out. And I certainly couldn't do this if my better half, my better looking half as well, um, was not, did not allow me to do this. My wife Jessica is with me today. And I believe that every time that we come together, I'm just so excited to be here because I've been praying for you over the last month since I knew I was coming that God would speak uh, directly to you, a word of encouragement, a word, a word of hope today. And I believe that each time we come together, it's a divine appointment. It's, a, it's an appointment where God says, I care about you so much and I love you so much that I want to speak directly to you. How many to be honest and say, man, I need to be lifted. I, I need to be encouraged. I just speak a word to me that would help me to go on. And so as I was praying, I just felt, man, there's all kinds of people here today. There are people who come, it's like, I'm, I'm going to give church a shot today and just see what it's all about. And there's some of you, honestly, you came in and you're smiling, but inside that you're hanging on by a thread. And you're like, man, I, I just, I'm believing God to move in my life. I'm believing him to move in my family. I'm believing him to move in my relationships. I'm believing him to just touch me at that point of need. And so I believe that God is going to do that. But I have to give you this disclaimer before I get into this. And, and you know, the, here's the best way I can say it. You have to make an important decision at the beginning of this message. You have to decide whether you are going to trust the preacher when he tells you he's not going to be long. I'm not going to be long. And so I, I spent um, a good part of close to 20 years in the education system as a teacher, as an assistant principal, um, as a dean. Shout out to all my teachers out there and educators. Uh, and I, I dealt a lot with special needs and overseeing uh, areas with that. And I came across this story that was interesting to me because they have it set up where if you get injured or you're sick for a long period of time or you go through something traumatic that they'll send um, a teacher to the home to work with you to make sure you, you stay caught up in everything. So there was this boy who had actually been burned over the majority of his body and so he couldn't attend school and they wanted to send a teacher out there uh, to help him out. So the teacher went to the house and started helping him with some English with his nouns and his adverbs and things like that and it didn't really feel to her like anything was changing or anything was like he was responding at all, but when he, uh, the teacher left, uh, the supervisor asked this hospital homebound teacher, what did you do to that boy? And she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, what did I do? I don't know if you've ever been there where somebody asked you or confronted you something. They're like, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. Hold up, one second. And so they're like, no, no, no. He, he has brightened up. He's gotten excited. And so they went back and they asked the boy, like, what, what happened? And he said, they wouldn't send a teacher to help somebody who was just a dying boy. And I thought about that, and I was like, just the fact that somebody went and visited him and tried to help him to keep up was the jolt of hope that he needed to keep going. And, and I say all that to say to you, you came in maybe drained, maybe tired, maybe some of us are heavy, maybe we don't know uh, what's going to happen next, and God just wanted you to have an insert of hope 
in your life today. And so I'm talking this morning just for this few minutes, if you trust me, about the fuel of hope, about the fuel of hope. Clara Booth Luce, she said something. She said, there are no hopeless situations, but there are only people who have grown hopeless about them. How many of you say, I came in and I'm dealing with something and I'm heavy or maybe I'm struggling, trying to figure out what's going to happen? And God wants to remind you, look, your situation is not hopeless. As long as I am involved, as long as I love you and care about you, it's all right if y'all talk back to me. I'm used to that. Um, And so he says, as long as I'm here, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to make it through whatever you're going through. Desmond Tutu, he said this. He said, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. Now, I don't know about you, but all it takes is a few minutes to either turn on your television or turn on your social media or get a phone call or get a text and everybody will say, your entire world is falling apart. It will make you believe that everything is terrible. And to be honest, if you spend enough time on there, it takes only about a minute to be in a bad mood. You ever met somebody that they, 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 they were like in a bad mood for no reason at all? You're like, I might be sitting next to that person. No. And, and so it's like you go up to them and you're like, good morning. And they're like, what's so good about it? Or, you know those people, not any of you, who you really shouldn't talk to them until they've had their first one or two cups of coffee? I don't know anybody like that. But it's like, once they have it, they're good. They don't remember how they were before they had the coffee. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Everything's great. Wait a minute. Do you remember what you said before you? No. Let me stick with this. And so here's what I want to say to you, is no matter what the world is trying to tell you is coming against you, no matter what test you came in facing today, you might have come in feeling like your back was against the wall or you got a phone call or a text that just popped you and it drained you of your hope and it felt like it just deflated everything. Anybody ever been there? It was like, man, I was good. I felt like my faith was high and I got a text, got a call, and it felt like it just deflated everything. Here's what the psalmist says and here's what we have to say. He says, why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in so much turmoil? Put your hope in God. For I will sing praise to him, my Savior and my God. He says, he does something that we honestly think is weird when people do it. He's going through something and he starts talking to himself. And sometimes when we're dealing with it, when we're going through it, when the test is intense in our life, we have to do what the psalmist did and begin to talk to ourselves. He's like, wait a minute, why are you so disturbed? Why are you in so much turmoil? And then he tells his soul and he tells himself what to do. Say this with me. I will begin to tell myself what to do. And so he said, wait a minute, man, I'm losing hope. He said, wait a minute, put your hope in God. And then he attaches something to it. He says, for I will yet praise him. See, some of us have to learn that when even everything is not going our way, I'm going to give him a shout of praise anyway. I know that what's going on in front of me doesn't look like what God promised, but I praise God anyway because I know that I can trust him more than I can trust what I'm looking at. Here's what it boils down to. Where there is God, there is hope. 
And this is what you have to understand because I've, I, I, I've pastored long enough, I've talked to people long enough to know this. I can come into church and we can smile and we can high five and we can fist bump and we can hug and we can make everybody think that everything is okay, but something on the inside sometimes gets messed up and we're like, man, I'm smiling, but I'm getting ready to give up. Smiling, but I'm ready to toss in the towel because I'm at, the, I'm at my wit's end in my relationship. I'm at my wit's end with trusting God to provide and believing he's gonna provide and always lacking. I'm tired of the struggle going on in my mind and I just stopped by Grace Church this morning to tell you, put your hope in God. Because where he is, there's always hope. Now we need to discuss what that means because hope means expectation. It means that where I am is not where I have to stay. It means that God has something in front of me that's better than where I am right now. But here's what the enemy tries to do. I don't know if you've ever been there. He tries to get us to this place, right, where we are like, as long as it doesn't get any worse, I'm cool. No more phone calls. No more texts. No more slip and fall. No more surprise bills. Just stay like this. It don't have to get any better. I'll be all right. The problem is God never called you to settle for just all right. He never called you to settle for just okay. And the enemy knows that. He says, so if I can just get them to stop expecting that their tomorrow will be better than their today, I can slowly drain them of their hope and their expectation. But God gave us an amazing tool. It's called faith. It's called dependence on God. And here's, here's why he gave it to us. God designed, watch this, he designed faith to lead us to a place of hope. Now you have to understand a little bit about Satan. And we don't like to say his name in church or the enemy's name, but you have an enemy. You have an enemy that's trying to rob you and steal from you everything that God has for you. But you have to understand that his game is always the same. It may put on a different face, but it's always the same. And here it is. He tries to get us to not believe that what God promised us is going to happen. Now think about the, the reality of that. Let me say it a different way so it, hit, it hits home. He wants you to believe that God is a liar. Because he, if he can get you to believe that God is a liar, then we won't trust him, we won't obey him, we won't hold on. Have you ever been in the season of hold on? Y'all know what that is? Where it's not like, I'm not coasting, I'm just holding on to the promise. I'm not floating on cloud nine and some days I, I cry and I struggle, but I still love God and I'm holding on. And so here's what we have to understand. Hope is not something we can work up. It's not like something you can just work it up. No, hope is only made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have to go into places of prayer and places in the Word of God that remind us of what God promised. And sometimes you just need a good... You, you, anybody got friends, but they get on your nerves? Like, like they, they get on... You get on my nerves, but you're still my friend. And everybody needs a friend that gets on their nerves. And here's what, here's what I mean. You need that friend that won't let you stay in the pit. 
because some of us, when we lose hope, watch this, we, 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 we want to stay there and we want people to be mad with us. But you need that one friend that says, I know how you're feeling, but it's time to get up. I know that you're struggling, but God is going to help you through. I know that you, 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 you can't figure out how God is going to do it, but you're going to make it. And you're sitting there like, I wish you would be quiet. But there's a part of you that's like, man, I love them because they won't let me stay in the pit that the enemy is trying to drown me in. Hope is so important. And some may be sitting here right now, and it's like, man, as soon as... I'm going to try this thing at church one more time. I'm coming to Grace Church one more time. And if God doesn't speak to me, if God doesn't do something, I'm going to get in my car and that's it. I'm done. I give up. I'm walking away from God. I'm walking away from everything. And God said, no, you know, you're sitting here by divine appointment. See, the very fact that you pulled yourself and brought yourself into this seat is a reminder that God is still on your side, that he's for you and he's not against you, that he's concerned about you every detail of your life concerns God. And it may not be working the way you think it should. How many of y'all pray like this? God, I surrender it all to you. And I pray that you would do this. And please do it by Tuesday at 3.15. Eastern Standard Time. And don't use the person that gets on my nerves. Use this person right. None of you. But sometimes we think we know better than God. And that's why we lose hope. But the reality is, is that when we say we hope, that means I'm taking all of the cares and concerns that weigh on me and I'm giving them to the Lord. And I'm trusting him to do, watch this, what he does. Say this with me. God, say it like you mean it. God, I like that. Do what you do. Psalmist says this. Here's what he says. He says, please listen. Watch this. Please listen, God, and answer my prayer. And then he gets honest, which some of us don't like to do. I feel hopeless. And I cry out to you from faraway land, Lord, lead me to the mighty rock high above me, your stronger, uh, your strong tower where I am safe from my enemies. How many of you know when you, you're going through something, what you don't need maybe is a change in your problem, but a change in your perspective? And so what God does, he says, when you're in it, I've got to lift your attention above what you're going through so you can see it the way I see it. And so the problem is, is when we get desperate, we also need to get honest like he did. He said, God, I'm hopeless, watch this, but take me above this. And I'm telling you, you're sitting in these seats right now, and the very fact that you're listening with your heart to this message is God saying, I'm trying to bring you above what has your attention right now. I'm trying to bring you above that which you're anxious and worried about now. I'm trying to bring you above that which has drained you of your expectation. Because I'm going to be honest, when I was praying, I said, God, you're going to have some people here today they had big hopes, big dreams, big visions for different areas of their life, but they came in and now they don't even believe that you can do it anymore because of all the stuff that they've been through. But here's what I want to say to you. Hope, if you're taking notes, is the breeding ground for miracles. 
It's not your ability. It's not your talents. It's not that the fact that you never make a mistake. No, no, no. It's the fact that you maintain your expectation and hope on the God he's able to do anything but fail, anything but lie, anything but leave you or forsake you. Y'all come on in here because I need somebody to understand that the thing that you think is impossible just change when you step into the presence of God. When you step into the presence of God, you step into a place where the impossible becomes possible. Now, you got to grasp this because if you get a doctor that says this and it's hopeless and it's done, just step into the presence of God because you're stepping into a place now that he said it can't be changed. They said it can't happen. But when you step into the presence of God, you step into a place where there's unlimited power that you can have faith that God will keep his word and he'll keep his promises. I might get excited in a few minutes. Here's what the enemy knows. The enemy knows that if he can steal your hope, he can rob you of your expectation. So I want to ask you as you're listening to the rest of this message, to be honest, I want to ask you, where did you drop your hope off? Where did you lose it? You know that place where you had such a flame and such a spark and that you had so much excitement, where, where, where was that place that the enemy just took it from you? Here's what I want you to know. God is your source. He's your source of stability, and he's your source of security. Sometimes, watch this. Oh, that's a good place to say amen. Because, watch this, if you just look at the world around you, in one moment sometimes it feels like one thing can happen and, and your entire world is shaken in a moment. Have you ever had one of those experiences that you walked through and it shook you at your core? And really God was whispering, if we were listening close enough, he was whispering, he says, I know what's going on around you, but I'm your source. I know what they're saying is going to happen, but you can lean on me because I'm your source. And so what should we do with that though, Pastor? What should we do? Here's what we should do. When we're overwhelmed and feel hopeless, we have to understand something. We have to understand that we tend to focus on ourselves. Here's what we've learned. If we, if we watch our world and we're careful, what happens is when we're pressed and when we're struggling and when we're going through, you know what we do? We turn inward. In other words, we become, and it's not that we're bad people, we just become self-absorbed and it becomes about us. And all of a sudden, the people that God called us to love, called us to encourage, called us to care about, called us to pour hope into, we can't do it because we're so inwardly focused. None of you have ever been there, but like if you, just if you know somebody or you live with somebody who's like that, um, you can understand that sometimes we might, our tests can make us selfish if we're not careful. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. We don't need to turn inward. We need to look upward. One of the enemy's games is that when you are experiencing something that's trying to rob you of your hope, you tend to look at your own insecurities, your own inadequacies. Man, wait a minute. If I just hadn't failed here, if I just didn't mess up here, then it wouldn't be like this because the enemy wants you to believe that failure is a person. Failure is not a person, it's an event. And if it's an event, it's something that you can get past. 
In other words, like the, the event happened, but I can still trust God. The mistake happened, but I can still trust God. The traumatic experience happened, and I'm not discounting anything because some of us, if we told our story, we've been through stuff that would just make people cry if they heard. But the truth of the matter is this. In those moments, there are all opportunities for us to say, I'm not going to look at what I can or can't do. I'm going to look to Jesus because he knows me. He loves me. He cares. Here's a little secret. You heard about this, but we kind of just glance over it. Before he formed you, he knew you. Before, before you even took any type of shape, he already had an assignment on your life, a calling on your life. He knew every time you would stumble, every time you mess up, every time you make a mistake. And he says, what? Well, you can still have hope because none of that changes the vision, the plan, the destiny, and the purpose that I have for your life. Isn't that something to hope about? Man, it'll give you boldness when the devil starts talking to you about how you're not going to make it, and he starts lying to you about it's never going to get better than this. He ever talked to some of y'all like that, or y'all perfect? No, okay. Uh, so, somebody, no, I, it's never going to get any better. Every day is like rewind. It, it feels like it's all the same. And God says, you know, he says, devil, you're a liar. God had a vision for me before I ever got here, before you ever threw anything at me, and so I'm going to stand in hope. Watch this. Not that I have, I'm perfect, not that I'll never make a mistake, but that God keeps his word. Let me tell you, if that's all you got to stand on, somebody says to me, I got a word on it. Somebody's like, that's not proper English. Let's try it again. Somebody say, I got a word on it. I'm telling you guys, you, you have to learn that because when you face stuff, you may not know the scripture to go to, but you got to say, I got a word on it. I may be lacking, but I got a word that says he's my shepherd and I shall not want. Uh, I may be sick in my body, but got a word that Jesus is a healer. I, got, I, may, I may be struggling in my mind, but the word in Isaiah says that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. Understand something. When you're ready to give up, take your mind, tell it what to do, and put it in the right place to make it hope in God. And so here's what the psalmist said. I'm, I'm not going to be long. He says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. The God, of is, the God who is our salvation, Selah. Man, I got really excited and thought I was deep when I understood what Selah meant. You ever find something and you think, man, man, I'm smarter than everybody else. I get this. And then everybody's like, man, we already knew that. Pause. Think about this. Pause in this moment and think about the fact that the Lord says he daily bears your burden. Wait a minute. I came in heavy, drained, burdened down, tired, just coming because I'm trying to be faithful to God, but I ain't feeling it this morning because I'm heavy. And he says, you know what? I bear your burdens every single day. So, you know, I'm a practical person. What do I do with that? Here's what I do with it. We have no reason to carry burdens that God promised to carry for us. Somebody say this really deep theological thing with me. Let it go. There's sometimes that no matter how hard it hits you, 
no matter how much of a struggle you're having, believe in God and trusting that he's going to do what he promised. You got to let it go. You got to hand that sickness over to him. You got to hand that pain over to him. Watch this. You got to hand what they did because everybody has a they. You know, those folk that did what you weren't expecting them to do, the ones that hurt you, you got to hand that over to the Lord every single day because he promised to daily carry the things that burden us. And so as we, we, we finish this today, what are you carrying? Like really, be honest with yourself. What did I bring in here today that's weighing me down and stealing my hope? And I want you to make a decision as we finish with these principles that I'm giving it to God today. I'm not taking, the enemy's not stealing another day from me. He's not stealing another ounce of hope, another ounce of faith, another ounce of joy from me. Today, I'm giving it to the Lord. So how do we truly walk in rest and hope? How many of you know there's no better example than Jesus? At the end of the day, when we want to figure out or learn how to do something, we got to read the red letters. Because Jesus can't lie. He can't fail. He can't let you down. But he gives us stuff to do. And, and let me tell you, most of what he asks us to do makes absolutely no sense at all. Like, you ever thought about that? He's like, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm like, really, really, Jesus? Like, you know who I got to talk to tomorrow. <laughs> this is for y'all deep spiritual people. You know I don't even like them. And I got to talk to them tomorrow. You said you're saved and you don't like them. Y'all know. You know the meeting I have to have tomorrow or the thing I have to deal with tomorrow. But you're telling me don't worry about tomorrow. And many other things he says doesn't make sense. But if by faith we will take hold of it, and do what he tells us to do, our life will be changed forever. Watch what he gives us to do when we're burdened down. Matthew, here, here's what he says. He says, come to me, all you that are weary. Now keep this up here because it's important. That means anyone. You're like, even me, Jesus? Yes, even me, he says, because he says, all, the only thing that you have to do to fit the requirements to do this is to be all. <laughs> to be all that are weary. And watch this, carrying heavy burdens. He says, and I will give you rest. Rest doesn't come from another person. It doesn't come from your bank account. It doesn't come from a good report. Rest comes from God. You ever slept all night but woke up more tired than you were when you went to sleep because of all the stuff that was on your mind and all the stuff that was on your heart? He says, I will give you not only sleep but rest. And then he says, we got to do something. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart. And he's, here's what he says. You will find rest for your soul. And here's the thing. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, to understand, many of you may understand this already, the yoke was actually just a wooden device that, that attached two animals together. And what would happen is there would be a stronger, more ex experienced animal tied to uh, maybe a weaker, but definitely a less experienced. And obviously the one that was stronger would be leading and guiding and directing. And as long as the weaker and experienced animal followed 
and stayed connected and didn't resist. I know some of us, we, we got, we're perfect in humility. We never resist anything that God wants. But in case there's one person in here who deals with a little bit of pride every now and then that thinks they know better than God, as long as, it's all of us, y'all. We all have those moments. If we're honest, let me just cut that tension a little bit because some of us like, man, it's me, but I don't want to say amen because then I'm going to go home and my wife's going to see you finally admitted that you have pride. But here, here's the thing. What we learn is this. We have to carry what God calls us to carry. How many of you know you were not built to carry everything? You were not built to have everything weighing on you. We have to, we have to carry what God calls us to carry. Second, we have to remain connected to what he calls us to be connected to. Could it be that some of us are tired and drained and we're losing hope and faith, not because God doesn't care about us, but because we're connected to stuff he never called us to be. Let's stand to our feet for the rest of this. I want to I pray with you and just give you a couple of things. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And I only do this because I want you focusing on nothing but what the Lord would have to say to you in this moment. There's four things, watch this, that if we do them, they'll help us to walk in hope and rest. And they come from that last passage. The first thing is, it says we have to accept Christ's invitation. He gives an invitation to everyone in this room, not only to salvation, but to come to him and come into his presence and find everything that you need. And so I want you to ask yourself, have I really accepted his invitation, not just into relationship so that I can go to heaven, but into authentic relationship where he can carry my burdens, he can teach me, he can lead me, he can guide me, he can direct me. Because truthfully, that's one of the easiest steps, but the next one is the hard one. Because watch this, some of us are so intelligent we're so smart, we're problem solvers, we can fix a lot on our own, supposedly. But we have to learn from Christ. So when he whispers to do something that may not make sense to our flesh, but it would help us to rest and have peace, Lord, forgive me for every time I thought better than you. And teach me, teach me how to how, how to function in this relationship. Teach me how to trust you. Teach me how to rely on you. Teach me how to depend on you. We got to learn from Christ. Then number three, before I say that, here's what I know. Many of us came in feeling like quitting, throwing up our hands, giving up, throwing in the towel, walking away from it whatever it is just walking away from. I'm through, I'm done, I'm finished. I'm tired of fighting, I'm tired of struggling, I'm tired, tired of striving. You feel that way. Here's the challenge. Feelings are real, but the Bible never tells us to feel led. It tells us to be led. And so we need to be led by Christ. And so in the moments that we're battling, struggling, trusting, believing God. Ask him just to lead you again. 
Sometimes our prayers don't have to be deep. They're just, Lord, help me. Lord, encourage me. Give me my hope back. Help me to do this. Help me to do that. And lastly, probably the absolute toughest one, but we can all do it beginning today, and that's rest in Christ. Once I've prayed, once I've sought him, once I've decided to give my burdens to him, today I decide, you know what? I'm not taking them back, but I'm going to rest in the fact that he loves me, that he cares for me, that he's concerned about me. And so I'm going to ask you something in this honest moment here with your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you came in and any of those things described to you today, I want to pray for you. Um, and all I'm going to ask you to do is just lift your hand if you're physically able and keep it up. I came in, I'm struggling with hope, I'm drained, I'm tired, I'm battling, I'm wondering where provision is coming from, how God's going to bring me through this. Maybe there's sickness in my body. Stretch them up boldly. Nobody's looking around. I just want to know who uh, I can pray for in this moment. And if you need more personal prayer, uh, certainly there'll be a prayer, prayer people, prayer team up at the end. But just keep them up if you're physically able to do it all over the room. This is your moment. That, that raising of the hand is an act of faith. It says, God, I trust you. God, I, I trust you. Even though I may not feel it in the moment, I trust you to give me my hope back, to give me my peace back, to give me my fire back, that passion that the enemy tried to rob, give it back. And so, Father, I pray for everyone in this room, those with the hands lifted high. You see and know them individually. You know every detail of their life, and they may have come in, Lord, smiling on the outside but crying on the inside, saying, Lord, I need a lifeline. I need hope. I need you to restore that which has been lost. I, and God says to you, they, I, I came and I spoke a word just for you. If it was just you, I would show up for you. You can have your hope back. You can have your peace back. I'm going to meet you at your point of need. Lord, I speak healing and freedom over everyone who's struggling with any type of sickness in their mind and their body. Lord, if there's people struggling, Lord, and just are asking you uh, to help them with their anxiety, help them with their worry, Lord, meet them at their point of need today. And for all of us who many times battle, Lord, to give the burden to you, to give our struggles to you, we say this day, we're not carrying it anymore, but we're laying it at the foot of the cross, trusting you to heal. What, God, heal in our relationships, heal in our struggles, and heal in every area that we don't have answers for. We trust you to do it. And finally, Lord, for those who said, and I've lost hope, tired, drained, ready to quit, God, I speak life, and I ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe life into your people again. Breathe that, give them their expectation back. Give them a heart for the vision that you have for their life again. Let them be reminded that the assignment is not lost. The mistake didn't cost them everything. The failure didn't cost them everything. And this day, they will rise up and be who you created and called them to be, determined to walk boldly in faith and boldly in hope. And we declare that you are able, God, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask think or imagine according to the power that works in us. Faithful is he who calls us, who will also do it. It's for this we give you praise, we give you glory, and we even ask that this week would be marked by miracles that can only be explained by God. 
It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. We decree, we declare, we count it done. Amen. God bless you.